Guess who's back? <laughs> Welcome back. Yes, guys. I know it's been forever in a day, actually forever in a few months, but we're back. And hey, this is season two, episode number 56 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. Let's get it. It's about to go down. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. What's up, everybody? <laughs> my name is David Taylor, and I'm sitting here with my beautiful co-host, Amanda Taylor, my wife, my what boo. What up, what up, y'all? How you doing, baby? Hey, I'm doing good. You good? How you doing, boo? Oh, shoot. You happy to be back? I'm happy. I'm excited. We are in the booth, y'all. And no, we're in the booth. I'm sorry about that. We're in the booth, y'all. <laughs> and guess what, everybody? This is season two. Season two of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. That's right. And if you haven't tuned in to season one, the first 55 episodes, this podcast is all about breaking the back of divorce. We do these episodes to provide you with information, with motivation, uh, and really just to encourage you to continue to enhance your marriage. And yes. so that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, we're tired of seeing people get, getting divorced because they don't have the tips, tools, and resources to make it. And that's what we're here for. Yes, 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 yes. And so you have come to the right place. If uh, you've been waiting for like three months for us to uh, produce a new episode. Sorry. We apologize. But we have a good excuse and we have a great way to make sure that you don't have to wait any longer. Okay, so, but today I want to go over what we're going to talk about, and then I got something I want you guys to listen to, and then we're going to get right down to it, because everybody's been waiting, so they like, ready, let's go. <laughs> um, so today, as you can tell from the title, it's all about what do you see when you look at your spouse. Mm. Now, I want you just to ponder on that for a minute, because we're going to peel back that layer and dive really deep to talk about the things that you see when you look at your spouse, and what that actually even means. Why mm. is that even important? So we're going to dive into that in a minute, but let me just like share some stuff with you real fast. Some, you know, housekeeping stuff. And then we're going to dive right in. You ready, baby? Yes, I am. Oh, Let's look go. at her over there smiling. You're just happy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So as you know, we haven't produced a new podcast episode in over like what, three months or something. Yeah. Right. No and I, you know, as much as I would like to blame somebody else like Mandy, I can't, this is, you know, I'm over the podcast and I have a really good excuse though. I really do. Um, but we've gotten tons and tons of people reaching out to us asking whether or not we are done producing the episodes. Um, well, we're back and hopefully we're back for good this time. And here's a way that we found to help us stay consistent with the shows. So I want you guys to take a listen to this and then we're going to jump right in with today's topic of what do you see when you look at your spouse? Hi guys, I want to introduce you to Patreon. You may have never heard about Patreon, but allow me to share with you what this resource is all about. Patreon is simply a way for all of our listeners, our supporters, and those who feel that they have benefited from our message to show their gratitude. See, our business, Mend Our Marriage, has grown tremendously over the past three years. And as a result, we have been extremely busy with our coaching services, our counseling services, our three-day intensives, as well as our books, the Facebook groups, 
and the many, many behind-the-scenes things that we do to keep the business running. We've been so blessed, yes, blessed, that Mandy now works full-time from home with me. But the bigger we have grown, the busier we have gotten. And as a result, we have had to take away time from things like recording podcast episodes to actually working with the many marriages and clients that pay us for our services. And because of that, you, the listeners, have missed out on our new podcast episodes. Quite frankly, we just haven't had time to produce them. Patreon changes that. Patreon makes us accountable to producing new shows because you, the listener, can now make a monthly pledge that can finance our podcast production. With the new financial stream that Patreon provides, we can move away from having to work so much with our clients to being free enough to work for all of our listeners through our Mastering Marriage podcast. Patreon is a crowdfunded system that lets you make a monthly pledge of whatever amount you want. And what do you get for your support with us besides, of course, the love and appreciation? Well, let me share a few things that you'll get in return. You'll get everything from a heartfelt thanks, free counseling sessions, discounts on events and services, shirts, everybody likes shirts, Facebook Live Q&As, outtakes, and bonus content, all the way to the behind-the-curtain look at how the shows come together, and an even sneak peek at our new books and other projects. And by the way, Mandy has something new coming, (laughs) y'all. We're not just doing this to get rich, by the way. The funds that we raise here will go towards improving the show, upgrading our equipment, and covering the various other expenses that pop up as we move forward. Whether you just want to say thank you or you want to access some of our cool rewards, this Patreon is for you. Check out our list of pledge rewards and milestones and help make the Mastering Marriage podcast even more impactful. Will you help us break the back of divorce? If you would like to help in any way, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash mastering marriage. That's www.patreon.com forward slash mastering marriage. Now, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Um, That's just a little something we put together to help inform you on what Patreon is all about. Please go and take a look at it. If this is something that you would like to help us with, please, please, you know, don't hesitate. Anything will help. Trust me. Yes, it will. Thank you all already. Thank you in advance for your support. Yes, yes. And, And like... This these last three months we've been doing so much working with couples and um in today's episode we're gonna dive into a topic that we really haven't taught on as much. You know, we've kind of touched on it here and there, uh, but for the most part we haven't really dived into it. So uh we're gonna talk about the marriage mirror. Mm. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest? I, I would have to say between the two of us. Uh-oh. <laughs> we just leave that one alone. We just leave that one alone. But anyway, we're going to talk about the marriage mirror today and the importance of being honest with the reflection that you see when you look at it. We will end this show by giving you seven things you should do when looking into that marriage mirror. 
Okay, so uh, we about to get down and dirty with this. Let's jump in. Let's jump in and take out your notebooks, pencil, whatever you need, pen. Take some notes because this like is going to be say your man books. Your man books. If if it's a dude listening, because it's going to be kind of meaty. So anyway, you may be wondering what in the heck is a marriage mirror. Well, I'm glad you asked, Mandy, because I'm about to let you know. <laughs> Tell me, baby. All right, so so the marriage mirror is your spouse. See, y'all thought I was going to say something deeper than that, but trust me, this gets deeper. The marriage mirror is your spouse. Yep, you heard that correctly. The marriage mirror is your spouse, the person that you're married to, okay? What that means is that if you are married, you are a marriage mirror for your spouse, and they are a marriage mirror for you. Now, you've probably heard us say this statement, God doesn't intend for your marriage to make you happy, Rather, he intends for your marriage to make you holy. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, and I wish I could take credit for that, but actually uh, someone that we worked with, I can't even remember who she was, but she said that and it mm-hmm. stood out and I just stole it. I, I just <laughs> flat out stole it. So if you're listening, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, bless you. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's ours now. But anyway, um, it's so true. And the marriage mirror or your spouse, guess what? It's God's tool of choice for your personal purification. Mm-hmm. It is the negation of this one fundamental truth that we found ruins the foundation of most struggling marriages. See, one of the things that we found over the years of uh, both researching marriages and working with tons and tons of couples is we found why people get married and why they divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, many months ago, I believe back in episode number 36, uh, we did a, a show called Why Did I Get Married? That was one of our... Really popular. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that was one of our more popular shows. Um, I, I like the show personally just because of, you know, what we talked about. But, you know, it, it really gave a lot of insight into why people actually get married. Right. And in that episode, we discovered that most people get married to find closure to their past wounds. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And so, for example, let's say that you were raised in a household where your father was not there. And let's say that you grew up struggling to feel loved, to feel valuable or to feel affirmed because he wasn't there to give you those things. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, his lack of presence left a void that as you began to mature, you sought to feel Right. right. Simple enough so far. Right now in life you often open yourself up to the very things that you want. So when you met your spouse, you began to see the traits in them that appeared to fit the void that you were so anxious to fill in the first place. Now, this is subconscious. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Actually, I'm talking about me, by the way. Um, This is subconscious, so it's not something that you think about, right? Right. Uh, But it happens. And so think about it. You date, and due to the happiness that you experience as well as the feelings that this other person completes you, and we've all felt that, you both decide to take a snapshot of that moment. Mm. Now, the snapshot is what we call marriage. See, most people don't realize this, but most people marry, get this, to capture and or preserve the positive and euphoric feelings that they're experiencing while dating. 
so 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 true we yeah. hear that all the time when we get down to the nitty-gritty with couples that we're counseling coaching. yeah yeah and, and and i like what you said the down to the nitty-gritty because that's not something that you find out on the surface we actually exactly. have to d- go and dig to get that information surgery <laughs> no you you man you ain't never lied it's some surgery over here we some surgeons no, let me stop let me stop um but no think about that though you know, they marry with the expectation that with this person, I will always feel the great feelings I'm currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. The truth is that most people marry the reflection of the ideal version of the parent that they wish they would have had growing up, only, <laughs> only to find out that their spouse is actually reflecting something very different. Okay, you're going to have to say that again. Again? I know people like, huh? <laughs> so okay so what i said is this <clears throat> the truth is that most people marry the reflection of the ideal version of the parent that they wish they would have had growing up only to find out that their spouse is actually reflecting something very different wow it's usually at this moment the moment where you have a direct encounter with the marriage mirror it's usually at that moment that the climate Inside of your marriage changes. You got to chew that up to swallow <laughs> that. You might choke on that if you don't chew it up. <laughs> but it's, oh my gosh, it's so true, right? Because yeah. like, if you think about our situation, this was the moment that the seeds of reluctance were sown for me mm-hmm. and for most of the individuals who go on to second guess their marriage. Right. And you might want to just give like maybe a 20 second because some people, a 20 second review because some people may just be joining us for the first time on this season. So a review of what exactly? about your seeds of reluctance. They may not know what you mean by that. Oh, so, okay. So instead of doing that, cause I, cause I don't think I can keep it to 20. Um, I, I get long winded. Y'all know me, be honest. I'm honest with myself. Y'all know me. So, um, I'll challenge them to go back and listen to the naked truth. Yes, we have the Naked Truth Part One and, and part, part Two. Yeah, and you go back and look and listen to those. I can't remember off the top. Do you remember the episode number? I can't remember at the top I of my head. I believe it's twenty and twenty-four or twenty and twenty-six, something uh, like that. Okay, but you can just go and and we'll we'll um um link this in the show notes. But go and listen to the Naked Truth, and that's where you learn our story, the story of my reluctance, my infidelity, how Mandy stood. You know, all the all the, the juicy details, um, because you're right. I think people that knew that's new to us may need to know what that looks like and what that right. means. Um, but so let me get back to this. At, at that moment of me seeing a different reflection, that's when the seeds of reluctance was sown. Uh, and again, for many of the people that we work with, it's the exact same for them as well, for the reluctant spouses. This was the moment that I second guessed the marriage. Now, let's explore this. Just a tad bit deeper. Just like you said, baby, we're doing some surgery. So let's go a little deeper. Let's go. Now, as I mentioned already, when people marry, they are getting married with the expectation that the moment of happiness and feelings of being complete that is often experienced while dating will be a constant throughout the duration of the marriage. Now, you might have heard us uh, talk about this in episode number 48, where we talked about the stages of marriage. And the first stage was the love addict stage. Mm-hmm. And if not, go back and check out episode number 48. Uh, actually, actually, 48, 49, and 50, because that talks about all six stages of marriage. Yeah, the three-part series. Yep, three-part series. Now, the love addict stage was the first stage that we covered. And we talked about how people are kind of in a euphoric mode 
like physiologically they're in a place of euphoria. And so as a result, they believe that that's how the relationship is going to always be. Right. That cloud nine that we often talk about. And I can recall personally that when Mandy and I were getting married, (laughs) we said some very lavish and lofty vows. And I know that I, I tried to be like, Edgar Allan Poe up in that mug. Is Shakespeare. That who you tried to be? I tried to, man, I tried to woo the mess out of her head. I and I, Edgar Allan Poe was a little dark. Eager. Edgar or eager? Who, eager. Who eager. eager. <laughs> <laughs> that brother is not eager. He eager. I was eager. <laughs> I was so eager and I said some vows. It was not a dry eye in the spot. I promised to deliver huge incentives for her hand in marriage. Like for real, for real. You know, things that I had never done. I promised. And because of the love that I believe that we shared in the moment, I believe that I would be more than capable of doing those things after getting married. Again, I had had no prior experience of returning on that investment, but I believe that because of the love that we shared, I could do it. Guess what though? Mm-mm. I was naive. <laughs> I was overzealous and I was outright deceived. I could be honest with myself. Hey, can you be honest? With yourself. That's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. Just I'm just I threw that one in there. But anyway, I had deceived myself into believing that I was Mandy's solution. Get this. Now get this. Get get how deceived I was. I believe that I was her solution. That because of me completing her, that she in turn had completed me. Now, there's somebody listening right now that's confused by that statement because they actual, actually believe their spouse is supposed to complete them mm. and be their solution. Well, just keep listening. Keep on Go, listening. Keep on listening. Stay we with gonna, us now. We, Stay with <laughs> us. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't turn keep it off. Yeah. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me get serious. Let me get focused. <clears throat> okay. La, la, la. Am I good? I'm checking back in. That was, that's so true. And I want to go there, but I'm, I'm trying to resist. But I'm, can you want me to resist? You want me to keep going? It's the first episode. Man. Okay, you're right. I'll just feel my good behavior. But anyway, so, but no, that I, again, like I said, I had deceived myself into believing that I was Mandy's solution and that because uh, I was able to complete her, she could in turn complete me. In a sense, I believed that I was issueless. I presented as free from any past baggage and fully capable of managing a marriage, even though I had never done so. Man. And even though that, even though I had witnessed my mom and my dad have multiple marriage, I believe that I was the one, the answer, the Neo. solution. You was Neo. <laughs> I was Neo. I believe that I was Neo. I, I did. I promise y'all I did. I promise. That's on everything. I thought I was Neo. That brother fooled himself. This is the one. I was the one. I fooled myself. Man, I was blind. But anyway, I thought I was Neo. You see now. <laughs> see, see I, in my mind, I was thinking where others had failed, I wouldn't. See, I had surmised that we would never argue because we barely argued when we dated and when we were engaged, right? It was pretty good. We, I, I thought that we would never argue. We would always remain best friends and we would have supernatural sex. My, now, that's my. some good sex. That's super. That's a supernatural. You, you never told me that I, you was imagining we had supernatural well, sex. <laughs> I was just thinking. That's what, that's, you, that's what that I could, That's what I was providing. I could just yeah. provide that supernatural stuff. Wow. Yeah, that good good. Mm. That golly good good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I but I believe that we would have supernatural sex and that I would fully be capable and dependable as a husband. Now, 
<laughs> as haughty, and again, I'm putting myself on the chopping block, um, but as haughty as this may sound, most people getting married and most people get married believing something very similar about themselves. Right. And, and get this. <laughs> I ain't done. Get this. They also marry believing something as equally haughty and unfair about their spouse. I was guilty of that too. <laughs> That's supernatural. Man. <laughs> See, subconsciously, I believe that Mandy would give me the love that I never received from my dad growing up. Now, again, this was subconscious. I didn't think about this. It was, it was going on beneath the surface. I subconsciously believed that she would satisfy all of my unmet needs, complete the parts of myself that was lost, nurture me consistently, and eternally be there for me. I believe this all subconsciously. Those are the expectations I have for you, baby. I'm sorry. I just, you know, you presented so well with that mask on that I was like, she can do this. She, she's the one too. Now, don't y'all get offended because he said I had a mask on again. Go back and listen to some podcasts. Yeah, and talk about the mask because <laughs> we all had them. We all, even yeah. you, boo. even you, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> but think about this for a second. Even though she had never had the experience to do this for me or to do this for someone, anyone, let alone herself, I believe that she would be able to do this for me. After all. That's why I chose her, right? I chose her to be my wife, to be my helpmeet, because she could do that. She could deliver. She could eternally be there for me and give me the love that I never got growing up from my dad. Yes, I had daddy issues, okay? I'm honest. Will you be? Let me stop. Let me stop. All right, so let me keep going. So you've heard us say this before. People don't get married to take care of their spouse's needs. We get married to further our own psychological and emotional growth and get this guess who knows this about us god yes daddy don't forget those physical needs yes oh we yeah the physical needs yeah that's supernatural that good 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 good. the golly good good but god knows this about us he knows that for the majority of us adults we are constantly seeking to close the open loops of our past and that we often use our most significant relationships to do this. That's why he allows us to be attracted to and marry the very person that he will use to bring forth that closure. Because we're looking for closure anyway, so of course God's going to use the marriage to help us find closure. Right. <laughs> get how it works, though. This is about to let's go get a little deeper. Now, the only difference is that the process of closure will look completely different and feel completely different than what we had originally had in mind. See, we thinking that this is going to be a pleasant, you know, gentle roses and daffodil (laughs) process, right? Eternal supernatural sex. But God has something different in mind. Now, what those individuals don't realize is that this is the miracle of marriage and the awesomeness of God. See, when we aren't even cognizant of it, God is still working on our behalf to bring forth healing and holiness. That's a beautiful thing, right? right. I appreciate that about God. God, mm-hmm. I, God, you, I thank you, Jesus. I thank, thank you for that. You. <laughs> oh, for real, I know we're laughing, but I'm really serious about this. Yeah, I really hey, appreciate y'all that. Y'all have joy. You ain't got to be serious talking about Jesus. Mm, I like that. That's got to have joy. Joy gives you strength. Yes, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And now I want to go on the record to say something real fast. I want to go on the record to say that for many of us, this painful experience is enough 
to cause us to flee from the process of marriage. And I can go on the record because that was me, y'all. I tried to flee. I was out. I was out. I bounced. Mm-hmm. I'm out. But it didn't work, right? It didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> See, we misinterpret the pain that we experience in this season as the main problem when it is merely an indication that something deeper is going on. See, Mandy, and I, maybe I need to just vent for a quick second, but I wish that people knew this prior to getting married. Mm. I wish that we were forewarned that the pain that we will experience at some point in the marriage doesn't mean that your marriage or your spouse is the problem. I wish that we knew that the pain will be an indication of something else, something deeper, something that God is hiding inside of. I believe God hides inside of the pain. Mm. Yeah. I ain't about to preach though. Cause some of y'all been calling me preacher and I, I got to run I from mean, that. You already been I'm preaching. running from that calling you know, y'all. You can't really I'm, run. I'm, I'm out. You Don't throw really that mantle. I'm sidestep. I'm juking. I'm juking. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let me ask you guys a question. Okay. And this is a serious question. It may not sound like it is, but think about it for a second. Let me ask you this question. If you had a toothache, right. And we've all had one before. Would you get rid of all of your teeth? Uh, nah. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I've never met a person that would say yes to that question. So why then would we want to throw out our marriage because we're experiencing discomfort? Mm. If you won't get rid of all your teeth because of tooth pain, why would you get rid of your marriage because of marriage pain? See, as I've Good already, question. huh? Good question. Thank you, baby. I, you know, I thought about that one for a while that, that came up with that, you know, Marinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as I've previously stated, the discomfort is God's invitation to your personal progression. This is his way of showing you what's inside of you that he wants out of you so that you can be the best version of you that he created you to be. That's a lot of use. It is because it's all about you. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. This is his way of showing you what's inside of you that he wants out of you so that you can be the best version of you that he created you to be. All right. <laughs> I yeah. got through it. I messed up the first time, but y'all probably don't know because I edited it out. But <laughs> but think about this. Let, let me let me transition briefly before we wrap up, because I want to talk about uh, what to do when you are confronted with the marriage mirror. Right. Um, I want you to understand that there are certain things that you can do with the reflection that you see when looking in the marriage mirror. So here are seven things to do when you look at the mirror and you are confronted with that reflection. And by the way, your mirror is who? Your spouse. Your spouse. Yep. So that person that you over there hating on, right? Ooh, I can't stand her. I can't stand him. That's your, that, that's your mirror. That's your mirror. Mm-hmm. Get to looking. Okay. So here are seven things that I want you to do when looking at the marriage mirror. Number one is this. I want you to ask yourself this one question. Okay. God, what are you trying to show me? I want you to ask yourself that question before you do anything else. Ask that question, God, what in the world are you trying to show me? Mm. I'm looking at this busted person, but what you showing me? Cause I, I, what, what is it, God? Ooh, keep it real. And I want you to listen. I want you to take some time to listen. Number two is this. I want you to be honest with what you see. Mm-hmm. The truth is that most people cannot be unbiased with the reflection that they see. We often see what we want to see. 
And as a result, we miss seeing what we need to see. And so I want you to be honest with the reflection. I want you to be honest with whatever God says, this is what you are looking at. This is who you're looking at. I want you to be honest with that reflection. Okay. Whatever it is that he's trying to show you, teach you, learn you, be honest with that thing. Okay. Number three is this. Resist the urge to allow your emotions to talk for you. Most people, and again, I, I, I hate to, you know, categorize everybody as most, but a lot of people, most people can't get outside of their emotions long enough to see the truth. We got to be spirit led, not yes, emotions led. Please. And that's that Mandy's huge on that when she works with the wives is helping them to be spirit led so that they don't allow their emotions to lead them. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to be balanced in your emotions. Right. So resist the urge to allow your emotions to talk for you. Okay. Number four, never blame your spouse for your own reflection. Now, if looking at your spouse has produced pain, ask yourself why. What is it that they're exposing in me that needs to be out of me? Right. Don't get mad because you get some discomfort when something has been exposed in you. Most of the time we see People flee from the marriage because they don't like the exposure. They don't like the pain that's associated with the exposure. Okay. Give an example for them. Yes. I I give an example with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, when Mandy and I first married and when we first started, you know, because dating was like golden, it was beautiful. But then when we got married, I started to have some discomforts about Mandy. When I would look at her, I wouldn't see the mask anymore. Like when when we were dating, Mandy told me, I could see you being my leader. And that, I wasn't spitting game, y'all. No, she was spitting game. It worked. Whatever it was, it worked. But then when we got married, I didn't have that same level of influence. I didn't feel like I was leading. I felt like I was failing. And whenever I looked at my wife, I felt inadequate in certain areas. I didn't feel validated and I didn't feel affirmed. Now, it wasn't because she was tearing me down. It wasn't because she was telling me how horrible of a person I was. It was because the things that I had promised to deliver, I couldn't deliver. So now when we would have an interaction, she would not be as happy or as um, satisfied as maybe she would be while we were dating. So her happiness or her unhappiness made me feel as if I was the source when really God was revealing something deeper in me. But see, what happened was I blamed Mandy for my unhappiness or for being unhappy. I blamed her for revealing that in me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like she was the one that changed. And if she would just be who she was when we were dating, maybe she wouldn't be as unhappy, right? The insecurities, those things. Um, But that was an example of the reflection that I saw, but I was blaming Mandy for that. All right, let me move on because we can stay all day just on that one point. Um, but let me move on to number five. Number five is this. This is the fifth thing to do when you are looking at the reflection in the mirror. And Jesus talks about this in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus says, get the log out of your own eye first. Get it out. Right. So many times when someone brings an issue to us, we try to deflect it back on them. But you did this. Or what about this? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Come on. (laughs) Instead, get the log out. If something, a personal issue, let's say an insecurity or an an area of inadequacy, or let's say all of a sudden you have been exposed as the financial fraud that you said you weren't, right? Meaning you thought you could manage money, but now all of a sudden in the marriage you are mismanaging your financial resources. Instead of blaming it on the fact that she goes to Starbucks every time, 
you just take the ownership of the fact that you can't manage money as well as maybe you put out to be. Or maybe you acted like when y'all was dating, you had money and all these cars, but really you carrying around a lot of debt and that's really how you getting your stuff. Just deal with that. Fix that before you blame it on all, her. And of course we all have times where we slip up on this because we all have times where we're irritable. It's not the right time to talk about stuff, but just keep in mind that, Hey, let me look and see what I'm doing. Mm. Let me work on me continuously. Yeah. So that I could be a good example and model for my spouse. Good stuff. Get the log out first. Then you can help your brother. Number six. Remember if you are offended by what you see, guess what y'all? It's not your spouse's fault. Offense, and I wish this was something that we learned coming out the womb. Offense is a choice. For me to be offended means I'm choosing to be offended. Okay? Something that you choose to feel. They are not responsible for how you feel. Um, Trust me, y'all. Please, just... Your spouse cannot be responsible for your feelings. That's definitely a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us. I know for me, that was definitely hard to really grasp. Well, because think about it. We got married basing our decision to get married on how you made me feel. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So and it was so like. feelings are not reliable. They are. They can't be. <laughs> they aren't. You know, please don't allow your feelings to dictate what you do. Mm-hmm. Please. Offense is a choice. Again, marriage is not about your spouse managing your feelings. That's the managing your feelings part is Mm -hmm. solely your responsibility. You choose to feel how you feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they say something and it brings forth irritation or sadness or depression or anger, those things that have been brought forth is your choice of how you choose to feel. They can say something and you don't have to feel sad or inferior or insecure or frustrated or offended. Those feelings are choices. You choose how you feel. Okay. And so just make sure that you are managing your own emotions and you're not relying on your spouse to do that for you. Right. And even though they're not responsible, they can influence how you feel. But ultimately, we have to choose if we sit in that or not. Exactly. You know, they're going to have feelings that rise up and maybe come and go, you know, fleeting. But we decide if we stay there. Yeah. And I like what you said about influencing, because I allow Mandy to influence me just like she allows me to influence her. But I am not the sole person responsible for how she feel. That's on her. And vice versa. Like, she's not responsible for how I feel. That's on me. Okay? So, remember, if you're offended by what you see, it's not your spouse's fault. All right, let's go to the last one. Remember that God is always working behind the scenes. Yes, he is. So, what you see on the surface is never about the surface. It is merely pointing you to something deeper. Mm -hmm. Take the time to grow. Be self-aware. And always, always pursue personal transformation, even when it hurts. I just want to speak to it, to the fact that um, merely pointing to something deeper, I want you all to remember that because we need to stop saying, well, he needs to just be a man and do this, or she just needs to be a woman and do this mm. because that totally negates what could be going down. What what could be going on down in the inside? What's going on in their mind and in their heart? And, most importantly, in their spirit, you have to remember that we're spiritual beings before mm. we're natural beings. So mm. if you are a believer, then the first thing we should be thinking about after we get over our initial emotional responses, because mm-hmm. we all have them, mm-hmm. is, okay, God, 
show me my spouse's heart. What's going on with them underneath? Because I believe the best of them. So I know they wouldn't intentionally act this way towards mm. me. So Lord, please reveal to me what's going on before you pop off on your spouse and you turn up on them. Go to God. Yeah. That turning up stuff. Turn that down. Turn it okay. way down. Turn, turn it off. Turn it off. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's really good. Really good. I, I like what you talk about when you say, uh, love hopes for the best. Right. You know, so that's, you got to have that mindset that if my spouse, if being around my spouse makes me feel a certain way, then I have to figure out why I have to understand what's going on inside of me. That's being triggered. Okay. And let me say this just real quick. Sorry. Preach baby. Okay. I'm going to say this. So, and if you I have preaching. anybody listening that's thinking, well, they don't believe the best of me. So why should I? Well, it takes mm. a strong person to take the first step. Okay. Sometimes it has, the change has to start with us, the person in the mirror. So if we see that somebody needs to step up and believe the best, apparently God has put it on our heart to take that step and that, and we have to believe that he will go with us in that so that we can be a light to our spouse who maybe, maybe they don't have the strength. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have the wisdom and knowledge in this season to make that step. Good. Really good stuff, babe. Really good. You preaching today. You, 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 uh, you need some more time to get it out your, your I mean, spirit. I'll let you know. Okay, because because we about to wrap up, and I want to make sure that if you need, it was just that you got a message from. Make sure I'm covering all bases. Okay, because you got a message from the Lord. I need go on and hey, prophesy, I'll declare it, it pro I'll declare. Let, I'm letting it overflow <laughs> right now. Okay. Um, so okay, so let's do this because we could spend all day on this, and I would love to probably return to some of these things because I feel like we could put a nice shiny bow on it. Um, cause there's so much more to talking about the marriage mirror and how the reflection that you often see is an indication of something inside of you. Right. And, and these seven things, uh, put, put this to work, practice these things. Let us know what you think. Okay. Let us know if this information has been helpful for you. Um, and I'm fully aware that this is not what most people talk about. And when they talk about marriage enhancement, they usually are, it's usually more on things that are light. Mm-hmm. Um, more encouraging and this is encouraging stuff, but it's also real. Mm-hmm. Um, so let us know what you think about this, right? If you got any questions, you can email us. You can go to, um, uh, slash episode 56, number five, six mm-hmm. to leave us a comment, uh, or ask a question. You can also go to the website, the Mendar marriage website to uh, leave a voicemail, mm-hmm. right? Just on the right side of the screen, click that button, that leave a voicemail button and you can leave us a 90 second voicemail if you got questions. But I want to hear some feedback about this because we're this year, 2017, we're trying to go deeper. Yeah. We, we really literally want to impact a million marriages. And so we really want to peel these layers back and right. get to the truth. And we don't want to leave. We don't want you to leave thinking that everything that your spouse does is because something is wrong with you on the inside. Please don't yeah. take that yeah. away. Sometimes what we may end up seeing is that there are certain boundaries that need to be in place mm-hmm. that we need to step up and we need to go to counseling together or even individually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just may show that some things need to change and maybe you need to step up um, and ask God to give you strength to make those changes. Yeah, good, 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 good. So we, we plan to continue to provide this level of information you know, because we got tons of tons of resources and services that's out there. Um, but we want to make sure that we put this type of information in our podcast. So right. during the second season, season two, 
just like every other good television show you watch got seasons, you know, we got seasons now. <laughs> That's my excuse for the long layoff. Uh, but seriously, this is season two. Um, and we want to make sure that we are providing you with high quality content. So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you can help ensure that we continue to do this by becoming a patron. And uh, I'll give you the link in a minute. But remember, Patreon is all about you helping us to produce high quality content for you. Right. Um, right. So if you're curious on how you can help us, simply go to www.patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash mastering marriage. Okay. Now, lastly, if you haven't done so already, which I can't imagine you haven't, but if you haven't, maybe you're new, subscribe in iTunes and leave an honest rating and review. The more people who subscribe to these shows and leave rating and reviews, the more people will have access to these types of divorce destroying resources. That's right. Guys, we are done. We are out. Got this episode behind us. We love y'all. Talk to you in episode 57. All right. Deuce, deuce, baby. Deuce.